Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast with me, your host, Danny Kennedy, and you're listening to episode number 73 with Jed Beaton. Alright guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, and today we are joined by professional motocross rider, Jed Beaton. So Jed, thanks for joining us, mate, all the way across from the other side of the globe. Yeah, no problem. Mate, for the listeners, I'll get you to just go into a quick bit about yourself, a um, bit of a background on your riding career so far, um, where you grew up, where you started out racing, and where you're currently racing at the moment. Yeah, I grew up in Tasmania. I uh, lived there for probably uh, 12 years, and then we ended up moving to Victoria. Uh, spent about three years there, and um, I ended up winning my first ever uh, MX2 title when I was uh, 18. Then, um, for those just so sorry, mate. For those that are listening that have no idea what um, MX2 kind of involves, what size bike and everything is that? Uh, that's a 250cc. Um, MX2 is pretty much like any anyone between the age of uh, 16 to 35, I guess, when people start giving up and and racing, you know. Yep, and then from there, went, what What did you uh, move on to after that? Uh, yeah, after that, pretty much, um, I I sort of got the chance to come over and do Motocross of Nations uh, after winning that title, and then, um, yeah, I got speaking to a few people over here, and just through Facebook and that, um, ended up landing myself a ride uh, in Europe for 2017, so since then... Uh, pretty much been over here for the last uh, six or seven months and it's all been going going pretty good. Took me a while to get used to it over here, but... Yeah, I can uh, imagine. Uh, so it's starting to go good now. Whereabouts in Europe are you? Uh, we're based in Oss, a little town called Oss in the Netherlands. Okay, awesome. Yeah, and what does most people, do most people in that town speak English or how did, how did you go with the, with the um, whole culture change? Yeah, it's not so bad when I go out and get get lunch and stuff like that it's easy um everyone pretty much speaks english but when i first moved here it was sort of a little bit different to get used to like the whole culture side of things completely different to back home um everyone's sort of still laid back over here which is good made it easier to fit in and um yeah you know it's it's been completely different but yeah it's been enjoyable I've, I've enjoyed every time every hour that i've been here pretty much so uh, no, I definitely love it over here. It's unreal. So, for those listening, mate, what goes into a race day? So, from the moment you kind of get up out of bed to the moment you go back to bed, what goes into it, um, you know, physically and mentally throughout race day? Uh, a lot, really. Like, um, for race day, it's pretty much all that happens during the week, all the work that you do during the week makes a good race day. So, you got to make sure you're putting 100% into every day. Um, making sure you can be the best you can be on the on the Saturday and Sunday that you race. So, I don't know, a lot of time and effort goes into into my training, really. Um, yep. I try to keep as focused as I can on just doing two things a day. Um, mainly try to do some high-intensity in, high stuff in the morning and then a bit of low-intensity in the afternoon to recover for the next day. But depends what I'm doing. Like, I've got, got a pretty much a program that I follow and just stick to um, so yeah. then I know what days I'm going riding and, 
and what days I have to go cycling and, and do all that kind of stuff. So it's a bit easier when you got a program. And when I first moved here, I, I sort of didn't have a program. It took me a while to find my feet over here and, and get everything organized. Like I come all the way over and pretty much only had a pair of runners, you know. So uh, yeah. I did a lot of running to start with, but now I've finally got a mountain bike and, and a cycle. So it's much easier to do everything like that. Yeah, cool. And once you turn up to the track, then what? Like, what goes into the the prep before the race? Um, how long do the races last? And and what do you do between races? Uh, you pretty much um, the race goes for 30, 35 minutes. So thirty minutes plus two laps normally. Um, so when we go to the track and practice, we we try simulate how much time we actually do racing, and try put the same amount of intensity into what we're training for so it's sometimes it's a bit easier if you can find a friend or, or someone to go riding with and just try and push the limits like you do in a race and I think doing that makes it a lot easier yeah 100% and you know a few mates that I that I'm uh, know or even just people that I know that I speak to that are in the involved in motocross and supercross racing and stuff to, um, kind of go into detail about how physically demanding it is and you know i i still watch a lot of the um the ama and all that type of stuff as well and i think most people don't have much of an idea of how you know physically physically demanding it actually is like on average what would you say your heart rate is at for let's say a 30 minute moto or how how intense is it yeah for a 30 minute moto it's it's up there a fair way and it also depends like how rough the track is and and Towards the end of the day, you sort of get more tired, but that's when you need to be more more onto it because the track's harder to ride. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot deeper, bumpier. Uh, everything's so, sort of harder. So, I think the fitter you can be for that last race, the better. Um, it normally varies between like 160 and 200. Like depends how hard the track is and how you're going. Um, and, and how many scary moments you have through the race I guess that, that that spikes the heart rate pretty quick sometimes bloody oath I can imagine like, say for example if you did have you know a bit of a scary moment whether you kind of um, you know ran into someone or, or had a bit had a jump where it didn't you didn't land as well as you'd like how long does it usually take you to get your heart rate back to where it normally should be if you get something where it kind of scares the shit out of you and then you, you get it back to normal yeah, you sort of it takes it takes nearly half a lap. Um, sometimes you, when you're actually riding, you don't really think about too much. So when something like that happens, that's on your mind for a fair while, and and riding around at that pace, and you're sort of thinking about everything that's just happened, and everything's going through your head pretty quick and crazy. So you got to sort of try take a few deep breaths and and get back to focusing on the track as quick as you can but sometimes it takes longer than others yeah i can imagine on that topic mate what um give us a give us a bit of a list of some of the injuries you've had over the years obviously motocross and and so do you race supercross in australia as well yeah i did one season of supercross but uh didn't really go to plan like like the injury side of things i hurt my shoulder a little bit beforehand like separated my ac a little bit so okay I sort of struggled with that season of yeah. uh, Supercross, and over here in Europe, there's not really that much Supercross. It's basically motocross, so yeah. I enjoyed motocross more. That's why I sort of uh, took this path to come to Europe. Yeah, awesome. So, give, mate, give us a quick list of some of the injuries you've had. 
Oh, first off, I started, uh, I broke both wrists. I did my arm. I've done T5 and 6 vertebrae in my back, my thumb, both collarbones. Got plates in both collarbones. I did my leg, ankle. Um, yeah, I don't know. The list goes on. I've done a lot, to be honest. <laughs> that's insane. So, obviously, that's, you know, that's, it's going to be hard. It's hard to come back from any injury. Um, regardless of what sport do you play but how does that affect you probably more so mentally when coming back to racing like obviously jumping on the bike at training and stuff you'd probably be um, absolutely wrapped but do you feel like once you come back to racing after a big injury it's 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 harder to just keep your mind focused on the race itself do you feel feel you find yourself thinking about the injury yeah a little bit Depends depends how big an injury the how big an injury it is and like how how much time you have off the bike. So yeah. some injuries can can put you off the bike for six six months or so, uh, depending how big it is. But the longest amount of time I've had off is three months, and and coming back after that, sort of feel really weird because everything's a bit off balance and you haven't done it for a long time. But it sort of doesn't take too long to get everything back. Like if you do couple of weeks worth of good riding then you don't really think about it towards four weeks side of things um after that it's pretty much out of your mind but for the first four weeks or so it's always in the back of your head like oh i don't crash and and land on that spot and if you're gonna crash then like avoid avoid yeah. that area as much as you can yeah 100 <laughs> percent um what was I going to say? Oh, so as I mentioned before, I, I watched a bit of the AMA and you know, throughout the Supercross season, I'm sure you saw with um, Ken Roxon's crash, how he mm -hmm. done his wrist, um, like something like that. Surely, if he he come off once he's back on the bike now and just let put his hand out, it wouldn't take much for his wrist to to go all over again. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's, it was a pretty crazy injury, and um, he sort of. Um, yeah, he was one of the guys that was meant to have a lot of time off. Like, I think he was meant to have uh, pretty much 8 to 12 months off, but he's back way quicker than what uh, anyone ever thought. So he's back riding now, and I'm not sure, like, I'm not his doctor, so I'm not sure how good it's going or anything. Yeah. But, yeah, no, he's back on the bike, and, yeah, I couldn't tell you if he had a small crash and put it out whether it would do it again or not, but I think it would be definitely on his mind to, to stay away from tucking the front on that side I guess 100% yeah I, I don't care who you are surely that's got to play on your mind um, oh, to some degree 100% 100% um, how early did you start taking physical conditioning seriously so as I, we were talking about before how physically demanding it is I think I actually saw or heard somewhere the other day that it's ranked at one of the top sports in the world um, in terms of being physically demanding so yeah. Um, obviously, you need to take your conditioning and everything seriously. So, how early did you start kind of really putting a uh, a plan into place? Like, at what age did you go? Oh, I need to, you know, put some time in off the bike as well as just riding. Yeah, I was sort of the first the first uh, thirteen years of racing. Like, I sort of did it as fun and and didn't really care about my results too much. And then. My last year of junior racing when I was 15, I put a little bit of effort in, but everything started to become much easier and much better then. And when I turned 16, that was my first year pro. So um, I definitely put a lot of effort into that year um, and then started 
started to feel like riding was much easier after I did put the work in, so it made it more rewarding. Um, when I was 16, I put a, a little bit, but not too much, like didn't overdo it, and then I knew I stepped up to the, uh, the class above the year after, and I knew I needed to put a lot more effort and, and work into it, and when I did that, it's just so much easier to do it, and I felt that all my injuries come through my junior career sort of thing and um, and I think that's from the lack of effort that I put in but um, definitely putting in the effort made it a lot easier to ride and, and more comfortable anyway so I think the benefit of that is just everything comes easier and less injuries I guess. Yeah and that applies across all all sports and all different codes of sport doesn't it? like that preparation is definitely always the key make it so much easier on game day, race day, match day, whatever we're, whatever we're talking yeah, exactly. about. Um, and with the physical conditioning obviously comes your nutrition as well. So what's, um, what's, your, what's your nutrition like, mate? Yeah, my nutrition's not so bad, but just this last year I've sort of um, started doing a bit more nutrition side of things. Um, to start with, I didn't really think it was that important, but definitely since I've started doing it, it's it's 100% more important mm. than just eating whatever you want. Um, I find that you just you feel feel a lot cleaner and like you can do a lot more. You don't lose energy and just stuff like that. Just simple little things that can make the day so much better by just eating a little bit little bit better. Yeah. Do you have a do you have a, like a favorite pre race meal or a ritual or something like that that you have before every race? Yeah, pretty much. Just just get the old. Um, poached eggs or something into me before a race day uh, just because it's it's normal get some scrambled eggs and um <laughs> always the same on race day it's just if you change it up it's you feel different you know so yeah. just have the same thing uh, i've been having that for like the last two years now so it just feels normal to do that yeah i want to go back again um just quickly to the the mental side of things um for a little bit like when you're lining up on the start gate before a race um, I don't know if it if it I'm assuming it does but I don't know if it gets easier over time but like what's kind of going through your head before every race when you're lining up against you know however many other guys are next to you on the gate um, what goes through your head uh, just um, trying to get a good start is what you really want because that makes your whole race if you get a bad start then you're always stressed about like how many guys you have to pass in the first lap and what you have to do but if you get clean track to start with then it sort of makes it a whole lot easier and you just put uh oh me personally I just put my head down and and try try imagine myself getting a good start and doing doing a good race before I actually go out there and do it so then I'm I'm already in the state of mind when when I actually roll up to the line then I'm ready to go you know yeah uh, when I when I was a bit younger, I never used to do that, and I think it's helped me out a lot being in the mental state that you want to get a good start and you want to do good laps. Um, it's better than just going, yeah, I'll just go out there and, and see how it plans out and see how it goes. But no, it's definitely definitely a big thing, and confidence is also a big thing uh, for a start and riding. Uh, if, you have, if you have a lot of confidence and everything else comes easier too, you don't feel like you're in the wrong spot at the wrong time sitting on the start line with 40 other guys. Yeah, <laughs> funny. Oh. I can imagine coming into the first turn, you know, it'd be, it would be a bloody pretty scary thing 
when you've got that many other guys right next to you. Yeah, especially when you're buried deep in the pack, it's pretty scary. You don't know where everyone's going to go. So it's definitely definitely a lot easier when you're at the front. You can sort of choose where you're going to go and, and cut other guys off instead of being cut off. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> um, so on, on a, uh, a weekday, say for a training session, um, I'm assuming you don't just go out and just ride lap after lap after lap. Like, do you have... For example, you might go in one day and work on your turns or you might go and work on your starts and stuff like that. I'm assuming it's like any other sport. You, you just have to focus on repetition after repetition. Yeah, pretty much. You've you just got a routine that I stick to anyway. Um, so like on a Tuesday, I'll go out there and I always do a 20-minute warm-up, just roll around, get the body warm and used to it. And then I try to stimulate a race day. Um on the first moto and then second one I try to go out there and do really high intensity um, fast laps with some starts to start it off so sort of stimulate a race day as much as I can and I feel that helps because that's what I was lacking before I got here and, and doing that has definitely helped me improve and um, just having a good structure when you go to the track is also a good help too because you sort of know what you're doing and um the time goes much quicker and easier when you just have that routine to stick to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mate, do you have any plans of, of coming back and racing in Australia anytime soon? Uh, not anytime soon. I love it over here, you know, so I'm gonna try I'm gonna try sort something out for next year and, and, yeah. and hopefully many years after that, but I'd definitely like to come back to Australia when I'm a little bit older and, and try sort something out back home to probably finish my career and, um, and stay how, in Australia after that. How old are you now? I'm only 19. 19? Yeah. That's insane, mate, living overseas. That's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty different, especially coming over by myself. It was a big move to start with, but like I said, I'm starting to find my feet now, so everything's become a lot easier in the last two to three months and... Yeah, I'm enjoying it a lot, so I hope to stay over here. Yeah, and I guess that experience against the riders over there would be priceless um, if you do decide to come back here um, at any stage, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Over here, there's many more riders that that are at a higher pace. Um, back home, there's, there is good guys, but there's just not as many. And uh, I think everyone at home does everything privately, like trains on their private tracks and, and trains private behind the scenes they don't want anyone to know what they're doing for fitness side of things either so over here it's just a lot more laid back you rock up to the track and there's probably uh five six other pro guys on some days and yeah and if you get a good day there's 20 pro guys there that are all going fast so you can learn a lot every time you ride over here and back home you just got yourself to learn off and and if you've got a coach or someone helping you out you can learn a lot off that but over here, I definitely think it's beneficial to be able to see and and ride with the guys that are actually at the top. Yeah, and I I keep referring back to the AMA, but uh, I was looking the other day at um, how I think it might be, oh, who is it? Um, a, a group of guys that train train together. I remember Dungey and um, even Roxon and a few of those guys used to ride against each other every day with the same trainer, like something like yeah. that. Surely, when you you know to to be the best, you got to be up against the best every single day, day, not just one day a week. Yeah, exactly. So then, the benefit for them guys is they're not doing everything by themselves. They're going training together. They're going riding together. And I think 
I think that's a big benefit of doing that. Um, and I think at the moment, Australia is the only place that's that's sort of not doing that. Um, yeah. Why do you think that is? Is it just like a bit of a culture thing? It's always been the same or? No, I'm not sure. It's, it's a hard one to figure out why they do that. I think it's just, um, I don't know, it's, they don't want anyone to see what they're doing. It's sort of a little bit of a privacy thing and I don't see the point of that really like because a race day is a race day. It's whoever's better on that one day is um, is going to get the win, I guess, and it takes a lot of things to be good on that day and a lot of things to go right. So training together, I think, is definitely better and, and beneficial for, for everything. Yeah, definitely. Ed, could you just give us a quick rundown again of the the actual classes in the um, where you are at the moment in Europe? So, like, so what size bike are you racing at the moment? I'm racing a 250 at the moment, and I'm racing in the EMX 250 class, which is either a class for guys that are really young and and want to prove themselves in Europe, I guess. And the people. The MX2 class here has an age limit of 23, so okay. when people age out of that, they can either go to the EMX250 class or they can go to the 450 class, and if they don't want to race 450s, then generally they drop back to the EMX250 class and race with us, so there's a lot of different of ages in that class, and um, in MX2, it's pretty much um, probably 16, 17 to 23. Um, but yeah, definitely the pace in MX2 is is a little bit faster than what EMX is. So uh, I've got to step up and do two rounds with them so far, and I've got another round to come. Um, so I'm looking forward to that and learning as much as I can and try put it into next year. Awesome. And how long do you plan to stay on the 250? Like, do you ideally do you want to end up on the 450 some stage in the next few years? Or yeah, hopefully in the next two to three years, like. I'm quite quite a tall guy and and pretty heavy for a 250, so definitely 450 is where I'm aiming for, and hopefully uh, my results are good enough in the next couple of years or the next two years, yeah, to um, try and find something in the in the bigger class and and then cement myself there as one of the top guys, hopefully. Cool, cool. And just back to the just one more question on the physical side of things with. With your training, what do you find the most beneficial um, side of training in terms of strength and conditioning that helps you on the bike? Like, is it the core strength? Is it the power and stuff through your hips and your glutes? Like, what is it? I know as well, you guys get a lot of um, arm pump or if, you know, like through the forearms and stuff. So what do you find the most beneficial part of that strength training for you? I think it's a little bit of everything. If you have a good, uh, good strong core and, and glutes and legs, then you can definitely grip the bike a lot more with your legs and not have to worry about your arms so much. But I think like even just the stamina side of things, if you can hold on to the bike for longer without getting stuffed, I think like definitely the cycling, cycling helps me uh, feel more comfortable on the bike just because it's just so good for the cardiovascular. It's just... Uh, gives me a lot more energy and and stuff to go for a long amount of time so i find cycling is good and and just spend a bit of time in the gym uh working the muscles a bit stronger and and the core definitely helps a lot so i don't know it's a combination of everything to feel comfortable and and try not to get arm pump but in a race situation it's definitely hard 
to not get arm pump because you're definitely thinking about a lot of things. So when arm pump comes on the mind, it sort of hits hard and you start going slower and slower. So it's a bit of a pain, but you just got to try find the way around that and yeah. do what you can to prevent it. If you've got a couple of races in one day, and say, for example, you get arm pump in the first one, what do you actually do about that between races to make sure that it doesn't, that you don't get it again in the second moto or, or even that it's still not hanging around for the second moto? Yeah, well, it's sort of good. If, you, if you're on the track a couple of times during the day, then you sort of stay really warm, where if you're only on the track once or twice a day, then you sort of, you warm up, you cool down, and you've got more chance of getting it when that happens, so... If you generally go out there in the first one and you and you get a little bit of arm pump, it's sort of a good thing because then you get it and it goes away and you sort of stay warm. You go out there for the next one and you don't get it and then the right after that, you don't get it at all. So when it's sort of in your head that you're not going to get arm pump, I think that helps out a lot where if you go out there in the morning and, and cool down, go for a race in the afternoon, then you're sort of thinking about it because you're like, man, I've been sitting here cool, cooled down all day. Um, generally helps if you do a bit of a warm up beforehand but it's a bit hard when you're under the pump trying to make sure everything's ready for the race yeah 100% and for anyone listening at the moment that may be a younger rider or someone that's wanting to start out motocross what what would be your best advice for them in terms of their training and on race days and stuff like that for a young kid uh, would definitely to be have a lot of fun to start with and then see how you go and if you if you're starting to get a lot better then start to take the fitness side of things serious and and everything sort of just snowballs from there it's just starts off as a lot of fun and and you've just got to enjoy every minute that you do it so i find the fun part of things is definitely the most important and then after that uh you sort of build build the fitness up and then see how you go great Mate, thanks so much for, for joining us today. Um, Jed, we really do appreciate it. If if those listening do want to keep up with your progress for the rest of the season, how can we um, how can we see your results or are we able to watch it online or anything like that? I can chuck a, a link in the show notes below. Yeah, there's uh, there's you can watch it live on MXGP TV, but I'm not sure. Uh, I think you might have to pay a subscription, which kind of sucks, but you can definitely follow me through my social media and... Um, and I normally post how I go and and where we're at. So, yeah, if you want to follow along, just give that a follow. Beauty. I'll chuck all those links in the show notes below. Thanks so much for joining us, mate. Um, good luck for the rest of the season. Um, and for those that are at home listening, appreciate you joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and, and we look forward to bringing you to another episode next week. Thanks, mate. No, no worries. Thanks for having me.